The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and it is July the 2nd. Dude, happy post-Canada Day, Dave. Indeed. Uh, good day off. Well, up in Canada, I guess, we, we kind of get the, the, the double benefit, sort of, of having, uh, at least those of us that do, uh, you know, a lot of business down into the States, of kind of having a... A quasi long weekend as well. Here you get like an official long weekend because you had to work right through Canada Day. But for for many of us, yeah. took Canada Day off, but then have a fairly slow day on a on a nice uh, what will be over here at least a sunny Friday uh, in Victoria. Yeah, it's weird um, when you work on. I've been working on an American holiday schedule for a couple of years now because um, I've been working predominantly with American companies, and uh, it's weird working on what's a day off for everybody else around. It's kind of like working on a Sunday. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was hard to deal with yesterday, but I slugged through, got a whole bunch of stuff done, and uh, managed to somehow, by mistake, offend a bunch of Americans in Facebook by writing about how proud I was of Canada. And I didn't really mean to. It just sort of happened that way. Um, there you go, right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know the, the exact comment you made, but I certainly, you know, you're... In my opinion, at least, and I'm sure the opinion of many of our listeners, you're welcome to be proud of the country that you're from. doesn't mean any less of anybody else, but uh, I, too, am a, I'm a proud Canadian. So there we go. Anyways, you know, we, we could drone on and on about Canada. Heck, this conversation will end up getting into politics. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we shouldn't do that. You, uh, but you, you know what? I do want to jump with, into with those, and then we've got a tight show. We've got some great interviews coming up. Um, so let's make sure we get these announcements done. Well, okay, I want you to get the announcements in a sec, but before we jump away from politics entirely, I want to talk about the Amazon tax for a second. It was just reported, Chris Jones from Pepper Jam just reported in his blog that uh, Governor Schwarzenegger in California has publicly committed to no Amazon tax. So, um, so the, uh, the official statement out of the governor's office in the last hour, no new taxes in California this year, including no Amazon tax. Um, for uh, listeners who aren't aware of what the Amazon tax is, many states are now trying to tax income from uh, from transactions that, that cross state lines, electronic transactions that cross state lines. So say you're in like New York State or South Carolina, your state government is taxing uh, e-commerce, e-commerce transactions. For affiliate marketing companies, this is like a nightmare, total nightmare. And so many of the affiliate marketing companies, Amazon included, are simply cutting off affiliates in those states. So seeing, seeing an announcement from Governor Schwarzenegger's office, no, new, no Amazon tax in California, seems that they, the governor understands that this is a job creation and job sustenance issue. And uh, it's the first state that I'm aware of to come out and say straight up, we're not going to do an Amazon tax. I'm really glad to hear that. When I first heard the debate over this, I had to, you know, it was like uh, like net neutrality, where I had to look and go, okay, but I get their point, right? I, I may have my opinion, uh, and you have to look and go, well, part of my opinion is based on the self-serving nature of, of what one side is versus the other. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, I do like to see the, the a person like like Governor Schwarzenegger, who who is fairly progressive in these on these sorts of things, and certainly uh, more technologically savvy than I'd say a lot of a lot of governors are. Um, I, I have to give respect to the fact that he is recognizing that in this economic climate that we're in right now, um, 
you know, yes, you're going to be losing a bit of revenue on the actual, you know, sales tax, et cetera, et cetera. But that person, that affiliate who's sitting in Los Angeles making, you know, let's say $60,000 a year or something, that person is paying income tax. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it, he probably saw this coming up from the likes of Amazon and going, okay, then we're just not going to give you that income either. Uh, you won't be able to get the income tax out of there. So, you know, pick it. Either you lose the sales tax because the income tax or you get nothing. Um, and, and good for him for, for coming on board with that and, and recognizing that, you know, no matter how we actually in real life use the, the overall argument and, and the logistics of it at the end of the day, um, it was it was the right decision for, for the economy. And, and I think it set a really, really good precedent for, for affiliate companies um, nationally or, or nationwide. I was just messaged from the studio, following Webcology, Affiliate Marketing Insider comes up, and Wade Sisson is going to be speaking with Rebecca Madigan, the founder of the Performance Marketing Alliance, about the affiliate tax situation. Now, the Performance Marketing Alliance is the, uh, the organization that has, uh, you know, for the most part, led the fight against affiliate taxation and the Amazon tax. So, again, on Affiliate Marketing Insider coming up directly after Webcology, Wade Sisson speaks with Rebecca Madigan, founder of Performance Marketing Alliance, as well as Matt Enders from MGECOM, um, who's fighting the North Carolina uh, affiliate tax. Enough of that. I think that's, it's, it's great seeing action on that. Um, we should tell the listeners what kind of show we have coming up. I can't believe we, we haven't mentioned that yet. Um, We've been promising this interview from Bing that, that, that you, Dave, have been working this up for a couple of weeks, and we finally got it. <laughs> finally. I think it went really, really well um, as well. It's been, it's been uh, you know, as you know, pre-recorded. Um, managed to get it. Uh, had, had a really great interview, a couple of great speakers, uh, or I guess yeah, so, UEE's representatives from Microsoft, and, and uh, a lot of good insight. Yeah, so in about five minutes, uh, we're going to be running an uh, interview with Nathan Bougia and uh, Rajesh Sivasava from, uh, from Microsoft Bing Search Engine, that one we've been promising you for a couple weeks. Uh, before we jump into it, there was some news on Bing today. Um, a, early returns for search traffic are in from Bing. This is being reported in Marketing Pilgrim. Uh, it looks like, slowly but surely, Bing is climbing its way up the, uh, up the ladder, and Incidentally, oddly enough, they aren't stealing traffic from Yahoo this time. It looks like they're actually taking traffic away from Google. Okay, that is surprising. Oh, you're not I looking at the stats I'm looking at, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> um, now, at the same time, if you remember, um, and, and I don't know if... You and I chatted about this last uh, last Thursday or not. I can't remember whether I was just thinking about it or whether we did. Um, but the traffic spikes, uh, the fake, basically the fake spam tests that was reported on SE Roundtable, uh, maybe in part, um, you know, a, a cause of all this. I know. Anyways, our, our listeners should go over to SE Roundtable. Um, they did report and made a legitimate point that the statistics in favor of Bing um, may actually be a little bit. You'd probably, certainly not to the degree. They're definitely doing a great job, and they're definitely grabbing some market share. But it may be skewed to be artificially high um, based on some spam tests that they're doing that is resulting in what would appear to be traffic to your website, even though it's actually not. Thus, it would appear to be referrals, but they're not. So um, there, there is that side of things as well. But anyways, uh, I'm not looking at your statistics, what has come out today that I have obviously missed. Well, this has come from a, uh, again, according to Marketing Pilgrim, StatCounter, a Dublin-based research firm. Um, I have no idea how StatCounter gathers its, gathers its data. Um, if it was Comscore, you could explain how Comscore gathers the data, but I don't know exactly how StatCounter does. But according to StatCounter, in the last month, um, Bing was lost, launched actually a month ago today. So happy first uh, month birthday, Bing. Um, Oh, no, it's, this is the second. Tomorrow's the third. Anyway, it was, it was launched on June the 3rd. Um, I, get, I, get, I get messed up in these in-between days, you know. Um, <laughs> Bing took 8.23% of U.S. web searches in June, which was up from 7.81% for Microsoft Live um, in, uh, in May and 7.21% in April. Now, at the same time, Google dipped about half a percentage point to uh, <laughs> the, 
the, the, the low, low number of 78.48% of all search <laughs> traffic. God. Um, which is down, actually, a little bit from 78.72. Now, I haven't seen Google drop in search traffic, and except for that period when uh, they were serving both Microsoft and Yahoo, and then Microsoft and Yahoo developed their own their own uh, spider capabilities. But like, I haven't actually seen Google drop in share for a very long time. So you got a small rise for Bing, a small dip for Google. Um, maybe some of it is fake traffic, or not 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 fake traffic, but test traffic. Maybe some of it is is real. Um, maybe we can split the difference and say half a percentage point is test, half a percentage point is real. Um, consumers seem to like the engine, although you know the acronym, Bing, but it's not Google. <laughs> and that may well be a big problem for Bing as they, you know, moving into, moving into uh, what looks like it's going to be a period of stiff competition between Microsoft and Google. Um, we're about quarter past the hour. I think we should probably take a break, come back, run that interview so we don't run out of time at the end. Um, is there anything, any uh, news items you want to get in there quickly? You know, there's, there's a couple little things, but what, um, you know, I, I know we've got to get to it. What I will say is for our visitors, it is a good idea to visit uh, SE Roundtable today and also uh, monitor a few of the forums. Um, because uh, there's there's obviously some shifts. I don't know if you've noticed it. I'm sure you have. Uh, there's some pretty serious shifts going on on Google. I could go on endlessly about what my take is on it, this, that. That's going to run way too long. So um, monitor a few forums. There's some shifts coming up. I would anticipate we're going to see some interesting things coming up over the long weekend here as well um, over at Google. So um, it's going to be something worth watching. Uh, so we may not get uh, quite the weekend off that, uh, that some of us might have thought, because, of course, as SEOs, uh, we'll end up having to monitor. Uh, historically, based on past patterns, it does look like we'll see uh, a bit of uh, a bit of a shuffle here on Google over the weekend. So uh, anyways, I won't go into that in too much detail. Um, obviously, as something happens, they can probably watch the, the Webmaster Radio blog and, and get more details there, or the Beanstalk blog. I'll be updating there over the weekend as well. Okay. Well, uh, stay tuned, friends. This is Jim Hedger from... WebmasterRadio.fm and Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com. This is the Webcology on Webmaster Radio. It is June the 2nd, and we're coming back with that feature interview with uh, Nathan and Rajik Bing. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey, affiliates. Do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the U.K., France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com. The science of performance. Did you know? 99designs is the leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone, as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
Welcome back to Webcology here on Webmaster Radio with Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio, and we have the pleasure and privilege of being joined by Nathan Bougia and Rajesh Srivastava, uh, both from Bing. I apologize uh, if I have mispronounced your, either of your names, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to launch in with a, a real general question here, uh, and I don't know who would be more apt to answer this one for us. The big difference that's being discussed as far as um, this launch of Bing, what makes it different uh, than, than other engines that may have been out there and previous iterations of Microsoft's attempt at search, um, is that it's being called a decision engine. So can one of you maybe answer for me, what is a decision engine and what makes it different than a search engine? Hey, uh, hey, Dave, this is Nathan Bougie from uh, Microsoft. Um, so Decision Engine is really kind of an evolution of a, of a normal search engine. And really what we've tried to do is take a step back and see if we can um, use all the information we have to have a better understanding of what the user really wants in every search. Um, and then once they get to our search engine and they've expressed what they want, um, be even more prescriptive in how they can accomplish specific tasks. Um, so from, from the user intent standpoint, um, uh, a lot of times when people come to a search engine, they're not necessarily just looking for an assortment of links or an assortment of websites. Um, so we've tried to take some of these broad queries where it's really hard to understand what folks are looking for, queries like Seattle, Boston, um, running shoes, uh, and really understand what are all the different things that folks are looking for, uh, developing our own sort of ontology for that based on data um, and based on customers, uh, and then use that to steer um, better, more targeted results in each of those categories so that when customers come to our search engine, um, and they start off with a broad uh, search term like, like folks often do, um, they get back a much richer set of results that take into account um, things we expect that they might be looking for. And then on the other half of that, on making folks more uh, successful completing tasks, uh, once we have a better understanding of what folks are looking for, um, we can kind of bring about our rich uh, set of content and tools and technologies to help drive, uh, uh, drive them to be more successful with whatever they're doing. Um, so a great example of that is maybe looking for plane tickets. Um, so uh, if you type in something like uh, Seattle or Oahu or a destination, we'll come back with a deeper understanding of kind of what you're looking for. And if one of those happens to be uh, flying there um, or purchasing travel or planning, um, then, we, then we can bring you into um, a deeper experience that we have um, around travel. Uh, so we acquired a company not too long ago called Faircast. Um, and Faircast has some really, really interesting uh, technology that they've developed where they predict whether um, flight prices are going to go up or down based on a lot of signals, uh, signals like historical prices, uh, current economic situations, supply and demand, that sort of stuff. Um, so in this kind of situation, we've kind of taken you all the way through from really understanding what you're looking for to helping you accomplish uh, that task. Now, that leads me to a question that I have to ask. You're trying to predict what a user is going to want, which, of course, you know, each, each individual is going to be different. So we won't go, go down the vast challenges that you're going to face on an individual, like drilling down on an individual level and keep this on a, on a global scale. How do you come up with these assumptions on the first iteration? Like, uh, Bing here has just launched. Of course, you have some, some statistics and, and some user information um, from, say, live search and these sorts of things. Um, but you've developed a completely different interface, a completely different way of interacting with users, uh, in my opinion, superior to, to previous attempts by significant leaps and bounds. Um, but how do you get that ori original seed set of assumptions based on, on people's search patterns when you really haven't done something in this interface before? Um, and is it a constant, like I would have predicted, uh, you know, sort of staggered evolution through you having to constantly adjust um, what types of results are coming up for what types of queries based on the rapid accumulation of data you must be getting um, with, the, with the initial launch? So that's a, that's a great question. Um, we have, we're actually not just starting out. We've been uh, building our own search engine for, engine for a number of years now. And through that time, we've collected a lot of data about how people, um, how people search and what folks are looking for. Um, and looking at that data plus interviewing customers um, and then fighting different situations, um, 
we've been able to come up uh, with kind of the iteration that you see today. Um, now we think that uh, we think that we've made huge progress, and we've seen a lot of feedback um, that we have uh, from media and from customers and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that, that we don't also believe that we still have a long way to go. Um, so we're continuing to look at the data um, that we see. We're continuing to look at the feedback that we get and see how we can continue to improve um, the existing experiences. So this is Rajesh. I I can add uh, add some uh, uh, more pointers to it, uh, users are paramount to us. Uh, and we keep talking to, so for example, uh, how users interact with, with the search engine, with, with the SERP, uh, how users, uh, when, when we do, as uh, Nathan talked about, we do a lot of user interviews, we get a lot of feedback from the users, and essentially that is sort of the input point for us to go and, 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 and brainstorm and figure out what is it that the users want? How can we add value to the users on the SERP? How can we help them uh, make decisions? And, and as you earlier pointed out, it's, it's a very hard uh, problem to solve, but, but we, are, we have been working on it, and, and we are glad to see that uh, this iteration, we're getting a lot of positive feedback, and, and it's exciting for us to see. But we'll continue to evolve, and we know we have a long way to go. Well, um, I think that, uh, Raj, I think you're absolutely right. The search community has, has given a lot of feedback, good feedback about Bing. Um, but there's a lot of questions that remain. Um, for instance, how personalized is Bing? I notice that you're keeping track of my search history, my own personal search history, and I'm curious, A, how long does, how far back does Bing remember my, my search behavior, and how much does it affect the search results that, that I might see as opposed to ones that Dave would see for exactly the same query. So at this point today, we're not, we're not um, refining the search results on a per-user basis. At this point, we take kind of uh, the data we have broadly and apply it to understand how all searchers um, might work and feel. Uh, what you see with the with the search history feature, that's uh, client side only. Um, so if you go to a new browser or if you clear your cookies, that disappears. Um, so we view those in two separate ways. The search history is more a tool for you to kind of keep track of things that you that you've used before, not necessarily an input to how we order um, the results or the categories um, or the categorized results uh, within the SERP. Earlier in the interview, you uh, said that you know, to, to, to work out your, your uh, search results, you're using all the information you've gathered over, over the years. How long has Bing, Bing, this search engine we're looking at now, how long has it been in development? Oh, that's a good question. We'll have to bring a historian in. Um, I think Bing has been around since, uh, let's see, uh, maybe 2005 maybe 2006, uh, I started working here uh, two and a half years ago, and I know we had been working for a couple years before that. Um, but it's been, it's been evolving quite a bit. At the beginning, it was a very small uh, search engine with a very small uh, team around it, and that's just grown tremendously over the past couple years. And, and I totally agree. And this is, as you can see, this is not something that uh, we, we sort of turned around in two months. But there has been uh, a, a lot of effort that has gone in with with a, uh, with a tremendous engineering team that is here at Bing. And, uh, you know, it's um, whether it was called a live search, but if you think about the, the, the data that we have, uh, collected and the user feedback that we have gotten or uh, from live search that is still applicable if if there is something some feature that makes a lot of sense to users uh, that is irrespective of whether uh, it's it is the bing search engine or it's a decision engine or it's it's a live search engine uh, so you know i i totally uh, second what uh, nathan has said that uh, there is a, has been a lot of effort that has gone in for, for a couple of years. So Bing has been developed alongside Live. Um, I guess that leads to two questions. First off, how is Bing different from Live from, from your point of view? And um, when did you know it was time to turn off Live and turn on Bing? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, I wouldn't see them so much as separate products as uh, Bing is, is it's like taking uh, it's like taking a, a Honda Civic 
and taking off all the panels and replacing them with really nice panels and taking out the engine and adding a bunch of souped-up parts. Um, it's really kind of built on top of, of live search and the prior search engines we've had, but adding a lot of new components into our um, into our algorithm that understands uh, who people are and how they operate, um, as well as adding a lot of content um, in to help us kind of complete some of these tasks. Um, another example of tasks might be something as simple as uh, your favorite team, maybe the Red Sox, because they're awesome, are playing, uh, and you want to see live scores. So if you know they're playing, just type in their name, and live scores will come up. Uh, if they're not playing and the game's over, we'll show you uh, uh, recent stats about that game. So we have a lot more information that we're pulling in, in addition to these additional algorithms, that help us kind of complete these scenarios. And another great example is is the uh, the preview that we uh, we have uh, you know we have on the SERP. Now, uh, what we have seen is, and I'm sure each one of us have experienced it, where we made a search and there is you know a, a, an assortment of ten links, and we we go just by reading that sixty character or eighty character of verbiage, we click on it, and the moment we get on the site, uh, the the destination, we realize, oh, this is not the right place where I wanted to go, and so what we have done is we have uh, helped to we have to help the users make decision. Uh, we have uh, built in uh, a hover preview. So when you take your mouse on on the results, uh, it basically gives you a, a quick snapshot of what the site is really all about. Uh, you know, just a one level deeper view of what the destination site is all about. You know, you're, you're leading me to a to a. Exactly where my next question is going. So thank you for, for the segue. Uh, now that feature that you're discussing there, the, the hover feature, um, of course, as, as an SEO, and I'm sure SEOs all over the planet have been playing around with it, looking at it, trying to figure out, you know, where is this data drawn from? Where is this data drawn from? So on one hand, of course, I have to look at this feature and go, oh my, like now you've just given me this entire other thing that isn't directly SEO, but this is click-through related. Now I have to figure out how to you know, sort of make what I want to appear, make the sales message and the click-through message appear there the way that I want it to appear. Um, so on one hand, you know, uh, you know <laughs> you've made our lives as SEOs a little more difficult there. But at the same time, you're providing great service to, to the user. And, when, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a heavy searcher as well. So kudos on, on that front. Uh, what are, which, which leads me sort of to the question of what are some of the main things that the webmaster community um, and, and SEO community and internet marketing communities need to know about Bing that make it different from other things that we need to, what are the resources that we need to be paying attention to and the attributes on the site, things like this that we now have to look at um, this, this what is displaying on the hover over and, and figure out how to, how to adjust what content's appearing there. What are the differences here that the webmasters need to look at, not just the searchers? So I think uh, the first thing I would say is I'd just take a step back and say that Bing and, and publishers, I guess in, in this way, have very much in common in terms of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so the, the first, a lot of these features that you see, like hover preview um, or us showing a richer uh, captions, which are captions in the SERP. Um, these are all about us um, making sure that the user doesn't hit the back button every other time they search. Um, really helping us drive traffic, qualified traffic, to the publisher's websites. Um, and the impact that we hope publishers will see is that um, you get maybe less volume traffic, but a higher converting traffic coming to your website. So this is much more valuable for folks. Um, the second goal that we have, um, and you can see this with categorized results as well, is if you're looking, if you look at some of these really broad query terms like running shoes or Seattle, um, it's really hard to rank for those terms because there's just so much competition. Um, so by by kind of breaking those down into categories and intents and showing results for those intents on the homepage, we're actually giving a lot more access to more niche sites um, and sites that might uh, have a harder time competing for some of those really, really big keywords. Um, and the, the impact of that we've seen has been uh, pretty good so far. So... Um, with respect to, uh, you know, the more niche content, we've seen that um, users are clicking on, on our categorized results much, much more frequently than they were clicking on uh, the standard results 6 through 10 um, on the SERP. So that's all goodness. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, but there's there's a bunch of features that that we've released that uh, publishers should uh, should be thinking about. Um, so there's the categorized results as you mentioned. There's the hover preview. Um, there's a set of uh, enhancements we've been making to the captions where we're pulling structured data out of the page and surfacing that in our captions. Um, and then there's uh, like the, the best match feature where uh, if it's a navigational query and we're very confident, um, we're very confident that, that that's the website, that people are looking for a website and we've got the website that they want, we'll actually go so far as to highlight that website and, and de-emphasize the rest of the links on the page. Um, so those are kind of the major features, and we can actually drill into those if you'd like. Well, now I'd like to uh, I'd like to drill into these. I'd like to really really get under the hood in a few moments, but I think we have to take a break right now. Um, if I could ask uh, Rajesh and Nathan to stick around for a few minutes, this is Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCredit.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Your company's website sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to-do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7. Analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it. So that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash ontarget. Hey, have you got that number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on localpages.com. Localpages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? Localpages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with localpages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. Localpages.com. List your business on localpages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. We're back on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're joined by two of the developers from Microsoft Search Engine Bing, Nathan Bugia and Rajesh Srivastava. Uh, Nathan and Rajesh, welcome back to Webcology. And I just want to jump right in. We were talking about uh, publishers and, and how publishers could uh, could benefit from Bing. And a lot of webmasters, well, they, they want to get in. They 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 really want to get into. Uh, in under the hood at Bing, they want to you know use some of the features that Bing offers, and I'm wondering how open your um, API is for webmasters. So um, we don't have a way, an API specifically for webmasters, but we do have a, a pretty rich set of tools uh, for the publisher community. Um, the first thing we offer is a webmaster toolset that provides all the diagnostic information that you that you need. Um, from any issues that MSN bot uh, found while calling your website. Um, so these are things like broken links, um, pages where we think uh, we might have encountered malware, those sorts of things. We give you uh, really easy to produce reports um, of impacted pages on your website. Um, and we also provide a lot of information on backlinks, uh, which, which is one of the big signals we use to rank um, folks' websites. So the webmaster tools are definitely a great place to start for publishers. Um, in terms of an API, uh, Rajesh, would you do you want to talk through the API or? Um, 
So, so we have a, a very rich uh, Bing API that that uh, people can use to get results. However, uh, to to really access some of the features, um, we're still looking at um, how do we uh, some of the engineering details. And I can definitely get back to you guys later on what our plans are. But at this point, we are still baking them. However. Um, when you talk about hover previews and you talk about categorized search, most of these features or all of these features are algorithmically generated. So we, we don't want uh, a lot of manual uh, intervention in, uh, in, in, in generation of these features because then it becomes a problem of scaling. And also there, there could be other uh, extraneous factors that could uh, get introduced. So uh, right now they are all automatically generated by, by, the, by the engine itself. Uh, but we are looking at uh, doing some plans, and we can definitely get back. But if uh, if someone does uh, notice something that they think is wrong, um, by all means, they should go to uh, bing.com slash communities and go to our uh, forums and report it. We have people that monitor, that monitor that all the time. So if there's any issues that pop up there, we'll take a look and do our best to fix it. Absolutely. Now I'm going to jump in with a quick question, Nathan. You had touched on earlier, uh, or, or had mentioned some of the tools that we can see backlinks. Of course, you know, three major engines, fairly similar on that one. Links, links count. Um, so I know that you can't give away, obviously, the you know, to, to steal a phrase, the eleven herbs and spices sort of thing here. Um, but what are or that you can say, um, but what are some of the indicators we should, um, as SEOs or, or web marketers? Um, be looking at what are some of the things like I notice that you're splitting up the page very differently. How frequently, for example, are we going to be taking like for you mentioned Seattle earlier? So I look up now and I can see that it's split up Seattle restaurants, attractions, tourism. How often is this prone to change? And and the reason I ask is if a client or or, or a website is sitting on the first page, but it happens to be under Seattle attractions. Are you going to be updating that frequently, or is this a fairly static thing? I would imagine not, or is this section perhaps going to be replaced by another one? And how frequently, if you can say, is that going to be changing? So this is definitely not static. Um, we have a, a pretty much continual processes that are running trying to understand what these groupings uh, groupings are. And if you notice, if you type in Seattle versus Boston versus San Francisco, the, the list of uh, categorized results might be slightly different and they might be ranked in slightly different orders. Um, so actually much smarter, um, we're not just ranking at the entity, we're, we're ranking at specific instances of that entity. Um, so these categorized results, they cover about 20% of all queries today. And we started with the top 20% of queries where we had the most volume, the most understanding of those. Um, and we update those periodically. Um, we don't expect that customers will see dramatic shifts in these, um, even though we continually update them, because people's behavior doesn't really change um, that frequently. Um, for example, big news items that hit, uh, like... Um, uh, Michael John, uh, Jackson, unfortunately, passing away this past week, that might create uh, uh, enough query volume to impact some of these categorizations, but that should level back out after this uh, incident happened. Um, so net-net, the categories should be relatively stable, but they do get updated periodically. In the past, with other search engines, algorithm shifts have caught in the uh, search marketing community. That was worked out by developing, uh, you know, communication protocols in the marketing community. For instance, Yahoo puts out a weather report, and uh, the amount of chatter that happens whenever Google does an update almost always cuts into sort of explaining how that update happened or what the update's about. I'm curious how big is going to be communicating with the webmaster community. So we'll continue to use um, our blog and our forums as our primary vehicle of communication. Uh, and the best way to find that is just go to bing.com slash communities, uh, go to the webmaster blog and subscribe to it. Um, any sort of major shifts where we detect that there'll be a significant impact for publishers, we'll make an announcement there. Okay, I'm um, going to jump in here with a question now. This touches on something Jim had mentioned, but also uh, – uh, a comment that you'd made earlier um, in regards to um, results not being based on personal 
uh, you know, my personal history, uh, so, you know, personalization in, in, that, in that vein of things. Um, at the same time, using the example, again, of Seattle, um, is it right now, and, and this is something I, I haven't tested and think to until we're on the phone here, um, is it set up now or, or is there a thought to the future where when I search, now I'm located in, in Victoria, just scant miles away from, from Seattle, whereas Jim's over in Toronto, um, would it, is there a scenario where each of us may see different things? He may see airfare, I would see restaurants, because for me to get there, I'm not, gonna, I'm not likely to fly, whereas as he would be. Is there that differentiation coming up on Bing, um, where we will be taking a look at where they're located and then, then customizing the results based on that? So uh, location is one of the inputs that we that we take a look at when we try and craft the experience. But as of today, you probably won't see much difference. Um, we do have a slightly different experience for Bing depending on which uh, geographical market you're in, whether the U.S. or in Canada or in Great Britain or some other market worldwide. Um, but uh, in terms of what we plan on doing in the, fu- in the future, we're really just trying to understand where the biggest customer pains are um, and see how we can solve them. So we can't really talk about anything more specific than that, but we're, we're spending a lot of time um, in the data with customers trying to understand um, how can we make, uh, make it easier for them to make decisions and solve tasks. Across the top of the uh, interface, we have a number of different types of search engines. There's the web search, image search, videos, shopping, news, maps, and a button, uh, a button for more, which you know brings out quite a bit. Uh, I'm curious, how? Uh, well, let's start with some of these. In, let's start with these individually. A shopping engine as a, as a very cool addition. Um, where do you source material for the for the shopping engine? Um, we, we get material for the shopping from a lot of providers, um, from a, a very large amount of providers. Um, through, our, uh, through our cashback program, really any major uh, vendor can, can sign up and contribute their product uh, database into our system and get representation um, kind of in that vertical. Uh, but we do a lot of really cool stuff with this product information where we extract information uh, from the web to power what we call our opinion index. And that's where we dynamically, uh, if you take digital camera, for example, we dynamically uh, create a list of all the important um, uh, features, technical features of digital cameras. Um, And then we look through all the reviews out there to see um, if there's consensus building for each of the quality of those features. Um, So if you look at digital cameras, for example, you can actually see a summary of what the community of reviews is saying about each of those different features. Um, so it's a really cool kind of aspect of, of figuring out which product you want to buy. Um, how does one become a source for the shopping engine? How does the uh, option get the material into into uh, uh, Bing Shopping Engine? It's easy. Just go to um, uh, bing.com slash webmaster, and on that page there's a link to product upload. Um, just like uh, video upload and all those different options. So if you just go bing.com slash webmaster, uh, there'll be a link right there, and you can just uh, go. It's a free, uh, free service. Just upload your products. Okay, I have a similar question about the new search engine. How, does, uh, how do webmasters, bloggers, or people in, I guess, in the, 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 the not-so-mainstream news community get their references into, into these news so uh, that's a great question. Uh, with our news index, we really try and make sure that we have um, uh, really high authority uh, websites and news sources in our index. So we're a little bit slower in adding folks to that. Um, so there is there is actually a, a contact form where you can request um, access to that. Uh, we review those and we. Um, and act upon them as quickly as we can, which sometimes isn't that frequent, but that's also at uh, bing.com. Okay. Well, uh, could you repeat that? I think, I don't know if we actually caught that URL. Oh, just bing.com slash webmaster. There's a feedback link. Uh, just use that feedback link, and, and that will take you to a form which our team reviews periodically. Um, and that's where, that's where you basically make your requests. Um, and we triage them and review them as, as quickly as possible. Well, gentlemen, we're rapidly approaching the end of the segment. Um, before we go, though, I, uh, 
I guess I, I guess I kind of want to turn this over to you. Is there any questions that we should have you? Any information you want to get out to the webmaster community now? Well, I. I I would say that we have done a lot of work and, and we have gotten a lot of support from the webmaster community and, and we look forward to, to seeing that uh, and getting that. And again, uh, feel free to reach us at uh, bing.com forward slash webmaster. Uh, you know, anything that we can, you know, we are more than welcome. You know, any feedback anywhere where there is some discrepancy, uh, feel free communicate and, and uh, you know, uh, not only you are... Uh, as webmasters, uh, making the experience better for yourself, but uh, it's the greater good of, uh, you know, wowing the users and making sure that the user experience is, is good for every other user. Well, Nathan Bougia and Rajesh uh, Srivastava from Microsoft Search Engine. Gentlemen, thanks so much for spending time with us on Webmaster Radio today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Welcome. And that was our interview. That was the interview that we got done with uh, Nathan Rajesh from Microsoft Spring. That was a that was a good interview. But I, you know, in there, Dave, it shows the. We often talk about the perils of doing a live show. I guess in there it shows the perils. We uh, heard the perils of doing a recorded show. Um, that was a little bit of fun. We still have a few minutes left in the show before uh, Affiliate Marketing Insider comes on. And this just came in while that interview was playing. Um, you know how we often do talk about net neutrality? We sure do. Well, American Vice President Joe Biden announced today that there's about $4 billion in grants and loans to help bring broadband to, uh, to the people and to stimulate the economy. But before applicants who want to take advantage of this $4 billion in grants and loans for broadband access, before they can apply... They have to promise to, quote-unquote, play fairly with whatever devices, applications, and services users might want to use. So this is the first, uh, well, first major policy announcement on net neutrality coming out of the Obama White House. It's, it's, I mean, I haven't seen that one. I mean, this is kind of great news at the same time. Are we just heading go back into that exact same debate of what is play fairly? Peer-to-peer networks, those <laughs> the, the telcos would argue that's not playing fairly. That's using these resources for me, you know, to download movies and, and violate copyright law, and so you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, as long as it stays worded in that vague way, um, you know, I, I think I think we're just heading right back in here. Um, and no government seems to, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something going on. I don't know. But what I'd like to see is a clear clear definition of here's everything you can do, here's everything you can't, and that's the thing that's missing. And so we end up in these debates where the telcos are saying one thing uh, and the pro-net neutrality folks are saying another, and there's, there's no just clear distinction right down the middle of this counts as fair, this doesn't. There we go. Uh, well, anyway, um, the, the proposal is from the Broadband USA Project and the U.S., oddly enough, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Got some uh, got some plants growing up there on the information superhighway thing, and uh, maybe we'll get them on the line and see how they define net neutrality. That would be that would be great. There's something to work on for uh, well, as soon as we can get them. Actually, that'd be a great interview. Um, Speaking yeah, of other points that you want to cover, I know we've only we got a couple minutes. I don't know what our exact uh, countdown in time is. Um, we touched on the, oh, the, the current updates going on on Google, which we can touch on a little further, but of course that's that's a nightmare to try and cover in, in a couple minutes or less. <laughs> no, I think we have time to make a couple of announcements um, okay. about some new shows on Webmaster Radio. One that we're extremely excited about, we have a... Uh, oh, we have five minutes left, by the way, so we definitely have time to rag the puck here a little bit. Search Cowboys is going to be starting up in a couple of weeks. It's going to uh, it's going to be a European search show with uh, a couple of uh, well-known and well-loved members of the search community of Boston and Christoph. Can't wait to hear you guys. And Dave, you and I are going to get to hear them because they're going to be preceding Webmaster uh, Webcology on Webmaster Radio. So Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern Check out Search Cowboys, a uh, European SEO show starting up in August. 
there is a couple other shows that we're going to be having coming at you. Unfortunately, one of them is such a big name in the industry, and we don't have everything finalized yet, and I can't quite announce it, but I know it's coming. So um, I'm going to tease you a little bit. Uh, one of the biggest names in web development, um, application creation, and uh, well, and in search marketing, and an all-around good fellow, I'll narrow it a bit, also European, is going to be picking up a show on Webmaster Radio, hopefully starting around um, SES San Jose. Speaking of SES San Jose, believe it or not, Dave, I mean, like, you know how we measure our years by, like, events? Yep, sure do. It's hard to believe that SES San Jose is coming around again. I know, this year is blown by just incredibly fast. Uh, But, of course, the excitement begins because it's a great show. It's an amazing show. August 10th to 14th at the uh, San, o- San Jose Convention Center. Uh, SES San Jose is always the largest, the loudest, the uh, most fun and informative of the major search marketing conventions of the of the year. Um, and Webmaster Radio is actually going to be having an expanded role at uh, Search Engine Strategies. We have a lot more details to follow on some of the some of the new things we're going to be trying out at um, at SES San Jose. We have uh, three new sh- new shows we're going to be introducing from the floor at SES San Jose, and I think you're going to be seeing the purple logo all over the place in uh, in San Jose on those four or five days. And for its eleventh year, uh, the SES show um, well eleven years. I mean that's, that's incredible. And again, another full year has gone has gone around the calendar because we're coming up on it again, and another full hour has gone around the clock. I think we ragged the puck for about five minutes there. So, um, stay tuned, friends. We have Search Mar- or Affiliate Marketing Insider coming up after these, after, uh, these messages. And on Affiliate Marketing Insider, Wade Sisson is going to be speaking with Rebecca Madigan, founder of Performance Marketing Alliance, about the affiliate tax situation as well as Matt Enders from MGEcom Incorporated, who's uh, working to fight the North Carolina affiliate marketing tax. Um, again, that's coming up directly after Webcology. Office Hours is coming up an hour after that with Vanessa Fox, and we have some amazing programming coming up on the network, so stay tuned, friends. This is Jim Hedger from WebmasterRadio.fm and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You listen to Webcology on Ju- July the 2nd, 2009. We'll be back next week.